Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 103 of the 476ers podcast. We're going to talk about last night's game five, so stay tuned. Yo, uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 103, 476ers podcast. Let's talk about yesterday's game and what a delight. What a delight it was. A closeout game. Um, Something that was, you know, I was nervous. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I'm going to keep it all the way funky, as they say. I was nervous. Um, I, in the first quarter, felt like we were going to lose the game. The energy was off. We There was energy, but it was off. And there are three points to this game. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because I do want to talk about other playoff matchups and series and looking forward, uh, which is fucked up because, you know, when it's a loss, I'll spend 45 minutes, but when it's a win, I'm going to give it 10 minutes. But we, 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 we were supposed to win. You know, if you, if you subscribe to the idea that Ben and Toby are all-stars and that Ben is better than what he is and what have you, then, yeah, you know, yesterday is a game that we are absolutely supposed to win. Um, and so <clears throat> I didn't feel great about the first quarter. I mean, for me, if you know me, I'm an I'm I'm an alarmist. You know, I am. It just really is in me to be an alarmist. You know what I mean? It's just somebody's installed a a, a, a you know uh, I can't think of any alarm systems right now. Um, okay, it's not important. An alarm system in my brain, and it's blaring. It's blaring. Fire drills are going off. Uh, it's blaring. It's going off. I'm like the series is in question right now. If we don't have Joe back, and I was nervous. You know what I mean? They, they just you know, the, the energy in the building was high, but every time you looked at the score, we were down four or five, you know, throughout the first half. And three things happened in the first half that are really, really important. That, I, in my opinion, changed the sca- scope of the game, changed the energy, changed the momentum of the game because they came out with a ton of momentum. They, fe- You could see they felt emboldened by the fact that we didn't have Joel. You could see it. You know what I mean? It's no surprise. You're playing a team that 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 feels like they just want a chance. You know what I mean? And when you're going, to, you're, you're playing against us and you're playing the one of the five best players in the world and two guys, whatever you perceive of them that are supposed to be really good, you kind of you kind of feel overwhelmed. You know what I mean? And now the best player, one of the five best players in the world is down and you're saying, OK, now the deck is even. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? And they're playing them. They're, they're emboldened. You know what I mean? And and they came out. And they had a ton of energy, and we didn't have a lot of energy. You know what I mean? Rui Hachimura turned into Carmelo Anthony yesterday. You know what I mean? Well, t- really, in game game four yesterday, he had moments. What did he finish with uh, overall? He had moments yesterday where where he did somewhat car- carry the scoring load in spots. Uh, I mean, look, eight for 13 shooting. You know, yeah, he had a good game. He played really, really well. Rui, Rui is a player that people felt, felt really high about. Um who is, you know, I wouldn't say he's raw. I mean, he came in raw, but he has an offensive ability, but his decision-making can be questionable at times. Um, Anyway, they had a ton of energy. You know, we start Matisse, um, and we're just not getting the scoring punch. And then at the end of the first quarter, you know, the last four minutes or whatever it was, we put Tyrese in, and that's the first domino that falls. I mean, Tyrese comes in with so much fucking energy I mean, when he try he tries to dunk the Wizards back in time and bring them back as the Washington Bullets. You know, he tried to bring them back as the Bullets. And he, he I mean, he tried to dump them into a vortex 
he dumped them through through Doctor Strange's Infinity War dream. You know, Doctor Strange, one of the three million whatever possibilities, and on the way through finding the one possibility we win, he sees, oh wow, Tyrese Maxey dunks and the Wizards become the Bullets again. That was one of the things he saw in his dream. You know what I mean? He tries to dunk, and the building, the energy, the electricity, the team picks up. You know what I mean? The team picks up. So that's one of two things. Uh, one of three things that happens. You know what I mean? And shout out to Tyrese, man. He doesn't look fucking scared. And that's big. For a rookie, I mean, he man, he, you just got to give him credit. You know, I don't know what Tyrese's ceiling is, but there are a couple things out there that he does. One, kind of floor generaling the offense, which is something I haven't seen. And if it seems like at times the team isn't necessarily responding to him when he's being the floor general. You know what I mean? They're almost, it's, you know, it's almost like a sense of pride or something that they're like, all right, chill, chill, rookie. Um, when he's telling people, directing people to go place, I mean, he's yelling at them in ways that you would think he's Chris Paul, you know, and maybe he doesn't have that clout, but I do like that. A couple plays where, especially in the second half and the fourth quarter, we're up big where he chooses to slow it down. You know what I mean? Where he's coming, where we have what seems to be a run out, we're up big already, and he chooses to pull it back out and slow it down. You know what I mean? And things like that, just that he has a feel for the game, you know? So I don't know what his ceiling is. I do know that I like Tyrese a fucking lot and that he is better than Shake at the very least right now. He is the best player off our bench, arguably. And that's a crazy thing to discover going into the playoffs and in the playoffs, you know? So, um, and then the second thing that happens is hack of Ben. Listen, Ben, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be angry at you for one second, right? Because the story coming out yesterday was that you were at the gym at 4 p.m. You were practicing free throws the night before 4 p.m. You showed up to the gym. You showed up to the gym hours early today or yesterday and you practice free throws and they go to hack a Ben and you go three for four in that, in that stretch that flips the game more that drives the momentum almost all the way. And so the third thing happens and that Ben, if it's as, as simple as you practicing more, then bitch, you need to practice more. That's it. Get into the gym. I'm sorry, I don't mean to call you bitch. I'm calling you a bitch in a loving way. You know, like when two white girls see each other and they're like, bitch, you know what I mean? I'm calling you that, like that way. You know, practice more if that's the case. If it really is that simple, that's the case because you know what happened at that point? Well, once he goes three for four, right after that, he starts driving more. Why? Because like we've said already, for Ben, it's mental. The confidence of not shooting free throws, I think, is what causes him to not finish as much as he should, to not drive to the basket as much as he should with the intention to score. Always looking to pass it out. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Right. But I said it last game, too. Right. There was that play where he, Seth is wide open in the corner and Ben would have for sure passed it out. But it's mental because he wants to make a statement. He finishes it. They go into that hack of Ben and all of a sudden he's emboldened to now finish with confidence because if they foul him, he doesn't feel uncomfortable going to the rim. Eight free throws for him is a lot of free throws. And that means outside of the hack of Ben, that he was two for four outside of those few minutes, you know, and that's fine. Give me eight free throws a game, Ben. I like that. Yeah. Get to the rim, get to the rim. I was, I was prepared to come on here before yesterday's game and say, if Ben was over fucking 20, I don't care. Be aggressive. That's all we want. And I said this on Twitter yesterday because I fuck Twitter. I hate Twitter. But yesterday I was getting mad because then people are like, oh, where are all the Ben haters now? Blah, 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 blah. Listen, bitch. In actuality, you're, you're completely missing the point, right? Because what, what I was saying, at least, and I can't speak for everyone else. I don't know. I'm not Mike, Mike Missinality. Uh, Mike Missinality. 
Mike Missanelli asking him to shoot. I'm not that, whatever. I'm asking Ben to stay aggressive. That's all I'm asking for. Ben, stay fucking aggressive. Okay? And yesterday we needed scoring. I don't want to hear about little things. Stay aggressive, right? And he's staying aggressive. He's playing well. So don't ask me where the Ben haters are. I'm not a Ben hater, right? So, no, he's doing exactly what I asked him to do. And in fact, if you were a supporter for Ben when he wasn't being aggressive, you should actually be angry now. You should be frustrated that he's given in to the pressure of being aggressive. You should be frustrated by it. It shouldn't, that shouldn't jive with what you believe of Ben. You can't support what Ben did yesterday and try to dunk on everyone who's saying Ben needs to be more aggressive because Ben did exactly what we wanted him to do and it was fucking successful. He played great yesterday, if it's not clear. Ben played great. This might have been Ben's best playoff game. He's had other okay playoff games against the Nets, against the Heat two, uh, three years ago. And this game, in a closeout game, no Joel, Ben played big. Ben played huge. And it took hack of Ben, in my opinion, for it to happen. Because all of a sudden, he he had, he, you know, I tried to find exactly where, you know, if if what I was feeling was true. But he had he had two field goal attempts in the first quarter. He had three field goal attempts in the second quarter. I think two in the third and none in the fourth. Or, or three and three or something like that. You know what I mean? He had none in the fourth quarter. I don't know. Did he have? I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. And it's pretty balanced, but there was a difference. Watching the game, there was a clear difference right after the hack event. It was a clear difference. He was way more intentional about going to the rim to score and to finish. You know, that was the second thing that turned the game. The third thing that turned the game was Danny's defense at the end of the half, getting getting that steal, and all of a sudden, Danny's feeling it. Gets that steal and put back. He hits that three, gives us the lead. That's the end. That's the end of the game for them. That at that point, the momentum had completely shifted. I thought they had the momentum through the first 18 minutes of the game. Tyrese, Hackaben, Danny flipped the momentum. That's the end of the game. Toby played good, too. The, 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 what's weird about Toby is I, I just rewatched the game today. And I, I couldn't tell you how Toby scores 28 points. I really couldn't tell you. Because all I remember was, again, Ish Smith just straight stonewalling him again. Him being unable to score on Ish Smith. Um, a couple and ones. Uh, and and I just don't remember, but but sometimes you need that, right? You need the guy who's going to score the points to keep us going. You know what I mean? And that's what Toby did. I thought Toby played well yesterday, um, had a couple really good passes, obviously to Ben, you know, to Ben, him, him and Ben playing that dunker spot. They double team Toby. Toby just gets it to Ben right there. Um, Toby had Toby played well. You know what I mean? Not Toby played well. 10, 10 free throw attempts. I think that, that might be the most free throw attempts he's had all season. Yeah, one game with a lot of free throw attempts too. I can't remember. And that's why, you know, I'm always, you're always going to hear me talk about Toby scoring and efficiency, right? Nine for 17 isn't, doesn't seem on paper as the most efficient shooting, right? Because it's not, it's, it's, it's a slightly above 50%. It is efficient, right? But it's not, it's not KD efficient, let's say, right? Which is no one's KD efficient. But the point is, but really it's, it's always going to be for me, how many points on how many shot attempts, right? Even Luca yesterday, we'll talk about that in a, in a moment. Big game scores 42, but some 37 shots. It's a lot of shots. You know what I mean? It's a lot of shots to get 40 points. Um, Toby scoring 28 on 17 shots. That is great, right? Because he shot 10 free throws. You know, he shot 10 free throws. Get to the free throw line. Get to the free throw line. He had no turnovers. That's crazy. That's crazy. He had no turnovers. Toby played great. Danny started started slow. And then, like I said, I mean, really, he only scores five points, but those five points are five of the most important points of the game. Because after that, they just, that's the end. That's the end. You know, that's the end. That was the punch that got them woozy. That got them woozy for the 10th round TKO. You know, and by the 11th and 12th round, it's over already. 
You know what I mean? And that was that was those two baskets, the steal layup and then the three pointer to end the half that gives us the lead. Danny, a penchant for the moment there. Um, you know, and did his best to harass Russ. You know, he did his best to harass Russ. Matisse uh, has that monster dunk uh, that that well, it's not really a monster dunk, but it is a really nice dunk uh, on that on that free uh, on that um, on that run out. Ben passes up ahead. Um, plays solid defense all game. You know, does Matisse things kind of gets limited a bit because Tyrese flips the game so much. Tyrese playing good defense. I mean, I can't, I can't enough can't be said about Tyrese, man. Enough can't be said about Tyrese. How good Tyrese played. You know how good Tyrese played. His defense was great. I mean, it's crazy to think that you could have the confidence to look across the way and see an, an MVP, a guy who's averaged a triple double three out of the last four seasons and not be shook at all, play defense on him like 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 he's below you. You know, Tyrese played great. Seth played incredible. Seth, th- this is Seth's career high as a, a in in the playoffs, but this might be Seth's best game as a pro ever. You know, this really might be his best pro game ever. You know, he had a good playoff game last year. Um, I think he, or no, maybe not a playoff game. There was one game last year where he's, where he hit, I don't know, like six or seven threes. It felt like, but uh, on the Mavericks, but I mean, yesterday he kept a steady, like I said, you know, we're, we're looking for scoring. We're not, you know, the scoring, but like I said, Toby scoring is not so punctuated. You know, he is scoring, but it just doesn't feel punctuated. Every Seth Curry shot felt like a swing or felt like it just felt punctuated. You know what I mean? Toby felt like he was throwing jabs. Every, every Seth shot felt like a right hook or, you know, an overhand right or something like that. Um, I thought Seth played great. You know, Seth played great. Big shots after big shots. We needed the scoring. He gave it to us. George Hill, I thought, played okay. I can't really say a ton about George Hill. I do, I, he played good defense. A couple plays that he played on Bradley. There, there's the one um, Dwight Howard block where Bradley um, – I mean, Dwight, Dwight looked like he rolled back the, the hands of time, you know, for that block. He had two blocks like that, uh, right? He has to, he finished with two blocks, I'm guessing. He finished with three blocks, two of them. I mean, he skies. He is in the air for them. Um, and, you know, and that was because of George Hill's defense on the one. Dwight played great yesterday. You know what I mean? It, it's always watching Dwight is, is such a, an experience. It's teetering the whole fucking time because Dwight is physical. But then when he plays against somebody who is physical also, it seems it always seems like Dwight is the one who is about to blow his fucking lid. You know, it always just seems like Dwight's about to lose control and this is about to go left any second now. You know, one of these times Dwight's just going to swing. You just don't know what you're going to get or he Dwight's going to get a stupid flagrant foul that doesn't make sense. He's going to get kicked out of the game. Uh, and Dwight kept his composure. Eight for 10 from the free throw line. I mean, that might be Dwight's best free throw shooting game of his career. They're all ugly, but they all dropped. And that's all that fucking matters. You know, that's incredible. Way to go, Dwight. Way to go, Dwight. You gave them no outs. Dwight and Ben, you guys gave this team no outs because that's what it is, right? When, when you're judging players and how good they are, what they mean to the team, right, you're wondering how much they're going to take off this table, right? And when Ben is out there not being aggressive, not making free throws, if Dwight's out there not making free throws, you're giving this team an out. You're giving them an out to make it easy on themselves. And Dwight, you didn't give them any outs, Way to fucking go. Tyrese, we talked about Tyrese. Furkan shot really well yesterday. Hit, hit a couple big shots. Um, not not a ton of deficiencies. I thought he played well. You know, I thought Furkan played well. I thought he hit shots. Shake your, yeah, your, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you know, your, your confidence is subjugated. It's too late for you. You know, I, I don't, you're, you need the off season to get your confidence back and then we'll see you next year. You know, because now it's, you're done. You're done for. 
We got nothing. We got nothing for you. Um, gen- anyway, generally, as a whole, the team played great. You know what I mean? And Ben, not only that, not only that but Ben showing leadership, I thought, yesterday. Um, I thought being communicative on the court, more communicative than I see him being with teammates typically. Um, apparently, there was a story that he talked to Seth before the game and, and challenged Seth to, to essentially score 30, to, to take us home. You know what I mean? Without Joe, take us home. And that's leadership. That's leadership. You know what I mean? I'm not asking Ben to score 30. I'm asking Ben to stay aggressive. Whatever the point total is at the end of him staying aggressive, I'm okay with. That's really the truth for me. Again, I can't speak for anyone else. For me, I don't care how many points, what that number is in terms of points. I care that he stayed aggressive. If he only scored 15 points, but he shot 15 free throws, I'm really happy about that. I'm happy about that. Stay aggressive. Um, challenging Seth. That's that. I like that. Good leadership. You know, sometimes I look at our team and I, there's a dearth of leadership at times. You know, I, I was about to come down here and roast the shit out of Joe because at first Joe wasn't out there. I was like, where's Joe at? Where's Joe? This is a playoff game. I know sometimes during the regular season, you're injured. You don't show up for games. This is playoffs. You got to be there. You're the best player. If you want to be a leader, you're there. And then Joe showed up. Okay, no problem. No anger anymore. You know, and who knows how injured Joe is. There's a bunch of videos of him, you know, shooting around before the game, working on on fadeaways and step backs and whatever, you know, he's not going full speed, obviously, but you wonder if, if there's a little bit gamesmanship, because I can't imagine that I can't, I can't wrap my head at uh, my head around quote unquote, a meniscus tear. And yet your day to day, anything that involves a tearing of meniscus, how mine, no matter how minor is very, is very confusing to me. You know what I mean? Um, so maybe there's a little bit of gamesmanship. Maybe there is definitely precaution there. Maybe he could be playing, but they want to be cautious. He didn't have a knee brace on. I mean, you know, so you, you wonder how bad it was or, or what have you. Um, but we did exactly what we needed to do. We needed to win. And we did that. You know, we closed them out. So I'm, I have no negative, nothing negative to say other than if you're a Ben fan and you're talking shit right now, if you've been supporting him the whole time and you're talking shit, I want you to think about it. Yeah, there are guys who are who who are who, again, you know, I, I, somebody tweeted, I, I just don't understand why people dislike Ben Simmons, right? And I replied to him, I just don't understand why people who love Ben Simmons can't be honest about his game and why people who hate Ben Simmons, like, why people who love Ben Simmons can't see the flaws in his game and why people who hate Ben Simmons can't see the benefits. I don't understand. I don't understand. You can, you can do both. You can like a player, but also be honest about them. You know what I mean? And I said yesterday before this game, I, I texted Vic, I told him, yo, this game to me is a big game in the story of Ben Simmons. This is going to be a big game in the story of Ben Simmons. And I'm not going to say Ben delivered necessarily, you know, it's not like Ben came out and put a 30 piece up or something like that. But I do think Ben played really, really well. Um, and, and that's it. You know, Ben played great. You know, that's all I can say. I thought Ben, I thought Ben played great. If we would have lost yesterday, and and the story today was about Ben not being aggressive again. It, 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 I would have been making every trade in the trade machine I could figure out. I, Colin Sexton, I know you've pissed off the Cavaliers organization. Come on down. Ben for Colin Sexton and something else. You know what I mean? Dylan Windler. But he played great. Um, shout out to the Wizards. Uh, you know, as much as I can be critical of Russ, I, I, you you got to respect the 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 heart that that dude plays with. And they mentioned on the broadcast yesterday, you're down 20 almost. 
with four minutes to go and Russ is fighting for offensive rebounds and putbacks. You know what I mean? He's laying, just leaving it out there, leaving it out there. And you got to respect that. It, may, it makes you almost feel bad. You know what I mean? The air of the super team, you know, the, the guys, these guys who stay loyal, the dames and Russ West, Russell Westbrook, who I mean, they completely stay loyal, kind of force themselves out of OK, OKC, but that these guys probably are never going to get, or CP3 being the most famous one, are never going to get a ring, never going to get a championship because they're never going to chase one. And it's a shame because it'll never tell the story uh, and maybe they'll never get the credit that they deserve. Not to say that Russ is, is, you know, a top 20 guy all time or a top 30 guy all time, but, you know, a dude who plays that hard deserves love and respect, you know, especially here in Philly. You know, that's why the popcorn dumping shit was so lame. You're supposed to, there's, whether you hate your opponent or not, there's supposed to be a respect for your opponent. Uh, and Russ, you, you, you can't see the heart and the respect that dude plays with. And, you know, I've been mad critical of Russ a million times. If you can't see the heart and respect that that dude has to the game, because that to me is also a respecting of the game. And I, I've, I mentioned that coming back from COVID playing, you know, back at LA fitness, the hall of famer that I am, um, that, that I had noticed there were players that I had played with prior to COVID who didn't play defense. I swear. I, I promise you, they played no fucking defense. We came back and all of a sudden these guys were playing defense and it's a respect to the game thing because when you lose it and you don't have a choice and you can't do it. And when you come back to it and you love it again and you're like, man, I, I, it's almost like you regret that you ever took it for granted in the first place. Well, someone like Russ never takes it for granted. You know what I mean? A guy like Russ doesn't ever take it for granted. So I got to give him credit. I'm gonna give him credit. Bradley. um, I mean, but Bradley, anytime he shoots, you know, feels dangerous. He did not shoot well from the three point. I mean, he missed, like I said, I mean, you want to give credit to Ben's defense. That's what's going to happen. Fine. You want to tell that story. That's fine. But Bradley missed so many open three pointers yesterday and just all series um, that it does feel like we dodged the bullet a little bit. Some of it for sure is Ben's defense. Some of it is just missing open three pointers. You know, he was, he came in the, he came in the series injured. Um, and, you know, credit to them. They didn't roll over. They fought hard. You know, they have – they're on their sixth, seventh, eighth guy. I mean, they're, they're they're on their eighth, ninth, tenth guys in the rotation playing. You know what I mean? Getting minutes because they just have so many injuries. Um, and, you know, what ha- whatever, man. Daniel Gafford played well, whatever. Credit to them. Um, let's look ahead here. So we have Atlanta coming up. And I'm scared. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm scared of Atlanta a little bit. Um, we are better than Atlanta when healthy, without a question. They, they don't have Joel Embiid on their team, you know, and Trey is, Trey is, listen, Trey is climbing up the rankings of players in the NBA. Every, every playoff game, he just averaged a 30 and 10 in his inaugural playoff performance. He walked in the garden, talked hella shit and checked them out. Yesterday, he said, I know there's a lot of shows here, so I know what they do at the end of the show. I know what they do when the show is over. That's why he took the bow. That's some gangster shit. Yeah, that's great shit talk right there. That's incredible shit talk. I know what they do when this show is over. They take a bow. That's excellent. And now we have a rivalry. Because next year, new Knicks Atlanta, that's going to be must-see TV because of all the shit talk that went back and forth. Um, we don't have any we, – we have – I'm talking about this for years. We can't guard undersized point guards. Every point guard – absolutely bakes us. Colin Sexton baked us this year. Kemba's baked us more times than I can count. Trey bakes us. They, all these guys bake us. You know what I mean? So how are we going to defend this team? They have a lot of scoring options. I mentioned DeAndre Hunter as a defender. He's going to give Toby problems. Probably. Yeah, probably. I, I don't feel great about that matchup. 
You know what I mean? And if Joe is, is anything less than 100%, um, or if he looks anything less than 100%, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'm nervous about Atlanta. You know, somebody told me before the playoffs started that all the money was going to Atlanta. All the betting money was on Atlanta. And I said, well, you know, of course, they have a lot of great odds. They probably have great odds. You know what I mean? And they've been playing so great at the end of the season. Everyone knew it, but it was still kind of happening under the radar. Um, so, you know, whatever. I, I don't bet on Atlanta. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on Atlanta. And if it comes down to if you're asking me to pick a winner, yeah, I'm picking Philadelphia. As long as Joe was healthy. Without Joe, we're not winning. I, if Joe didn't play a game against Atlanta, we get swept. I, I could almost, I could almost argue that. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's true or not, but, but, but I, I, yeah, no, I don't feel great about that matchup. Um, this is going to be a tough series. It's going to be a tough series, and we're going to have to trap Trey, and that's dangerous because Trey is a very, very good passer. A lot of what's going to happen here is going to be how much we can mitigate all those other factors on the floor. How much are we going to be able to mitigate someone like Bogdanovich? How much are we going to be able to mitigate John Collins or, or all of these other guys, right? Are we going to just allow Trey to get his and try to mitigate the rest? What's going to happen? You know what I mean? Trey is going to force guys into foul trouble. That's what he does. We're going, I would really, as, as much as everyone loves Ben, I would really say the argument is to, is to put Danny there. Danny there. Danny's just better at guarding these smaller guys. These guards who go around picks, Danny does a far better job. You know what I mean? And how we're going to challenge that is going to be the story of the series. They love running pick and roll, and he is an elite playmaker. How are we going to mitigate that? I don't know. I mean, they, the Knicks were one of the best stories of the season. They made the Knicks look like they didn't belong on this court. Yesterday, they were blowing them out the entire game. They were blowing them out the whole game. 9, 10, 11 points. And then by the fourth quarter, they were up almost 20. It, it, they, it just wasn't a challenge for them. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to say we win in six uh, if, Joe, if Joe is healthy. If Joe is healthy, we win in six. If Joe plays four out of the seven games, then this is going seven. <laughs> then this is going seven. Because I would have to believe, especially if we come off a loss and Joe plays, Joe's going to come out for 50. You know what I mean? He's going to come out for 50. He's going to come out to play a ton of defense, probably re-injure himself, sit out the next game. We lose, Come, you know, some type of shit like that's going to happen. Um, everything is going to be, everything rides on that right knee of Joe. Everything going to ride on that. Um, so that's that. You know, great win. Way to go, Sixers. Clap it up. You know what I mean? Clap it up for them. They deserve it. They deserve it. Nothing negative to say about the team. They came together. The challenge was there. Ben, Toby, are you the two, are you our two best players without Joe here? Take us home then. And they, they took us home, you know, with help from Seth, with help from guys off the bench. They took us home. So way to fucking go. The crowd was incredible. Um, yeah, that's that. Let's take a look at, at some of the other playoff stand, the, 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 the other uh, playoff matchups, uh, matchups real quick. Um, as we pull up this bracket, poor, poor, poor Memphis, poor Memphis. Um, but not poor Memphis, you know, they had a great season. Good for them. Um, it, it was a great story. You know, it's it really the only way, the only reason I'm saying poor Memphis is because they went out in a whimper yesterday. You know what I mean? It's an elimination game and they're down, they're, they're down 20 at half 72 51, I think. Um, and, and Donovan Mitchell, I guess being inspired by Dame, which we're going to talk about in a second, being inspired by Dame had 27 in the first half, you know, Mike Conley gets injured and, you know, put, it hurts his hamstring. He's out for the game. They don't miss a beat. They just walk them off the court. 
they walked them boys off the court. But credit to Memphis. They played, you know, they earned that spot, man. It, it was a fun story. And Josh showed that he is not afraid of this moment. Good for them, man. Good for him. Good for Memphis. Um, not good for the Clippers. You know, the, this Clippers team is up and down. And not, when things are bad, I, I, I don't know a team who has a lower basement when things go bad. You know what I mean? Where, where there are just clips of now there's the clip of Rondo looking at looking at um, looking at Kawhi. Like, what the fuck were you thinking on that fadeaway three point shot? He shot um, that air balled. There's Terrence Mann wide open at the rim to take the lead, passing it out for God knows what reason. Uh, you know, just I mean, that's a choke. I, that's just a choke. There's just no other explanation for that choke. Um, you're there. You need you need two points to win. Ten seconds to go. You had it, and you know you just got into your own head. Um, it's just when it goes bad for Dallas. I mean, when it goes bad for the Clippers, it goes bad. You know, it is unfortunate. You know what I mean? It is unfortunate. Luca yesterday, like I said, forty-two points, fourteen assists, eight rebounds on uh, on on thirty-seven shots. Didn't shoot particularly well. Um, the free throw problems. Are, are pretty wild. Obviously he's injured, but his free throw shooting is a problem generally. I mean, um, I don't know a player with, with better touch at everything he does that can't make free throws. You know what I mean? I can't even think of a player in the NBA like this, you know, cause even when, even Russ, when he was going through his free throw struggles, everyone knew one of the dirty secrets was that when he, that his finishing around the rim wasn't really super efficient. You know, and we talk about his jumper, that that his bank jump shot that sometimes it looks wet. Sometimes it careens off the backboard like, you know, um, you know, I don't know, you know, and and Luca with all this skill, he's just struggling from the free throw line. You wonder how mental it is. Um, and he ends it. He's so hard on himself. You, you almost wonder if he's doing himself a disservice being so hard on himself at, at times, especially when it comes to the free throw shooting. Um, so we're going to see. I mean, the, 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 the thing the thing about Dallas you know, one, Tim Hardaway Jr., way to go. You know, he is playing great this series. I said multiple times I would trade Toby for, for Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and, you know, I don't completely mean it, but sometimes I do a little bit mean it. And I, I don't really mean it, but then there are times where I do mean it. Um, Tim Hardaway is playing great. He's been their second scorer because Chris Stapps is up and down, to say the least. He's, you know, just not super impactful. You know what I mean? He's just not super impactful is the best way to put it. He had eight points yesterday. Um kind of in a must-win situation, right? Like, game five is pivotal. You know, that's like a really big game. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen in these next three series, honestly, in the West. I couldn't tell you what's going to happen. It's confusing, to say the least. A lot of people are picking Portland to win game six. Let's jump to that. A lot of people are picking Portland to win game six. I don't know why you would do that. I'm very surprised. They just lost a fucking heartbreaker. That is a heartbreaker. It's also one of the greatest fucking games I've ever watched in my life. I am so happy I stayed up to watch that game. Some sisters struggle, you know, try to sleep, try to sleep. But I put that shit on in the second half and I did not take my eyes off it from that, from that point. I mean, you know, I talked about the Seth Curry, the Steph Curry thing on this podcast about, about, you know, one of the things that have to be included in judging his career overall is how much, how much teams were scared of him. Right. And I'm not saying that Dame is on Steph's, uh, trajectory career trajectory doesn't have the MVPs doesn't have any really any playoff success generally I mean he has game winners but his playoff success is you know menial um but goddamn yeah there are a few players that probably terrify other defenses as much as Dame 
right now. Dame and Steph, people are terrified. And I've never, I, I can't ever remember watching. I mean, why well, do? I remember watching Steph do shit like this, where you're watching a game and the person shoots and a piece of you expects it to go in, but you can't help but be surprised it went in still. You can't help but be surprised. It's it's incredible to watch somebody so clutch. It's one of the greatest feelings in sports. To watch somebody who's clutch pull a shot and you say, oh, no, this is good. And then they prove you right. And you're like, yo, I can't believe that this legend continues. That this legend continues to build. That allowing this person to shoot in a must-win situation is one of the most terrifying things you can do in sports. Watching that game reminded me of, of the Aaron Rodgers against the Cardinals. I think that was the NFC Championship. Was that the NFC Championship game? No, I couldn't have been the NFC Championship game because the Cardinals didn't go. Uh, that was the game before the NFC Championship game. That was the conference championship. And I think that was when that was when Atlanta won. I'm pretty guessing when Atlanta goes to the Super Bowl. Um, when Aaron Rodgers completes the two straight Hail Mary passes. And you just can't even believe it. I mean, Dame, they're down. I thought they were down nine. I heard people say they were down eight. I thought they were down nine. He goes what I on what I think was a personal 11 or 12 and 0 run, a 12-3 run or whatever it was, to tie it back up to go into the second overtime. And hitting threes in every manner that don't make any fucking sense. The step back, turnaround, step back, three-pointer. Bro, I, I'm like, this is such a bad shot. This this is such a bad shot. And he it was the wettest make I've ever seen. And he gets so let down by his teammates. CJ, I don't know what you're thinking when you step out of bounds. You're down three. This is your final possession before you have to foul. Why you pump faked and drove only to pass it out. You got Michael Porter Jr. closing out out of control. You know, it felt like a choke. Why you went and pump, dribble to the right and pull it. And it's crazy to think because two years ago when CJ played the Nuggets in that game seven, it was CJ who almost single-handedly walked them out of the playoffs with all manner of mid-range jump shots. You know what I mean? And then to watch him in this game, everyone looked frozen. Carmelo looked frozen. Robert Covington, I don't know why anyone is depending on Covington anymore. It's only surprising if you haven't paid attention to his career. If you bought into the narrative of Robert Covington, it's a, a surprise. But if you've actually watched Covington play basketball, it's no surprise that he missed those two dunks because he makes terrible decisions all the time when he's playing basketball specifically. And, and you know, when he's fucking Royce O'Neal's girlfriend. Well, not Royce O'Neal. I'm sorry, Jay Crowder's girlfriend. I'm sorry. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't bring in personal life, but, you know, whatever. Terrible decision-making. The put-back dunk, he knows he didn't have it. He knows he didn't have it. Why, you wouldn't grab that and bring that down? And then he tried. I have never seen Covington posterize somebody. So I don't know why you're thinking that the first chance you should posterize someone is in this must-win situation. Well, because Covington is Robert Covington. That's why. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I wouldn't feel good. You know what I mean? I wouldn't feel good. I get, I get, I think a lot of people are relying on the the wild up and down swings of this series to say that they think Portland's going to win. And I can get that. I just don't know. It, you know, I, I could see Dame show up tonight for blood, for sure. You know what I mean? I just can't, I just don't know how the other team, the, the rest of that team is going to respond. You know what I mean? I just don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, if you had to, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say Denver wins today. If you put a gun to my head, I say the Clippers push this to seven. Uh, and if you put a gun to my head, the, the Lakers are going to win tonight. Um, right. They play tonight. That's the third. Yeah. They play tonight. I think the Lakers will win tonight. LeBron mailed that game in, 
You know what I mean? He mailed that game in. You could have, he could have just sent a letter to the NBA. Hey, we're not playing tonight. You can just give us this L. You know what I mean? Because by, by the second quarter, he already was not getting back on defense. It was, it was over pretty much immediately, but he wasn't even attempting. He wasn't even trying. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be critical of LeBron right now, but I just, man, walking off the court with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, come on. Like, what is that? What's that? What, 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 that's, come on, that's weak, man. Like, I, I come on here and I really do try to defend LeBron. You know what I mean? I really do want to be a LeBron because I think, so, again, just like the Ben thing, people swing so far this direction and that direction. People want to hate LeBron. And I, I appreciate a great deal of what LeBron does, especially off the court and what he does on the court too. It's, it's been an incredible fucking career to watch. But to walk off the court with six minutes left, I just can't even imagine like what that is. You know what I mean? To you just to to show this level of disdain for your teammates, because that's what it is. I mean, he's he's ruined Dennis Schroeder. Let's be clear, he's ruined Dennis Schroeder. Because I'm sure Dennis Schroeder, all he, I'm sure he saw the clips of him going for that layup, and LeBron like, what the fuck are you thinking here? I'm sure he saw those clips, and then all of a sudden, that in, in in game game five, he went 0 for 10. Yeah, he's probably ruined at this point. You know what I mean? It's, you know, that that's always going to be my question about LeBron. If you always ask me who the greatest is, and I tell you it's MJ, my my one of the first things I'm going to point to is well, who did who did LeBron make better? Who got better because of LeBron? Right outside of, no, nah, I can't even say role players really got better. Who? What player did he get a contract for? You know what I mean? Because we've seen the Spurs system get a lot of contracts for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Who didn't deserve it? Uh, most famous. What, what was this dude who ended up signing that big contract for Charlotte, the undersized point guard? I can't remember his name right now. Um, so I don't know. You know, that bothers me. I would say that they're going to win tonight, though. Um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, that's going to be a fucking phenomenal, fantastic series. If you're asking me who's going to win, I'm going to say Brooklyn's going to win just because the, the those three guys. It, playing defense may not matter for them. And that's crazy to think about, to say, because we know defense wins, but it just might not matter if they can score 150 points. If their three best guys can get 100 points on any given night and you're just looking for another 15, 20 points from everyone else, I am scared of Milwaukee. I've said that. You know what? Fuck that. Let me switch that. I'm going to say Milwaukee's going to win because I have been saying I'm scared of Milwaukee. Milwaukee has shown a different side to me. What they did to Miami, they embarrassed them boys. They embarrassed that fucking team. And they made it seem like what I said was fucking true, that Miami going together, that was a fluke. And I've been saying that shit. I said that last year during the finals where everyone's like, no, it's no fluke. This team is about, no, fuck that. You're completely forgetting that prior to the bubble, they were on a losing streak. They were they, they started good. Then they went on a, a losing streak. They looked terrible, got into the bubble. They were playing great again. Surprise, surprise, we'll hear every story about, about Jimmy Butler choking somebody, cursing somebody out, whatever. And then, and then the narrative will completely switch about how he's such a bad teammate and a bad leader again. And then it is just going to continue to flip, and we're going to be this endless cycle of bullshit news narratives where no one can keep one story straight, where it's like, hey, man, his, his entire career is problematic when it comes to the locker room. It's really not that surprising. I know you guys, you know, fell for the the, the, the bullshit, but whatever. Um, they embarrassed them boys. They embarrassed that fucking team. Um, the last time we saw these two teams match up, and I said it on this, on that, on this podcast, I talked about that game. Giannis scored 47. Um, and what I said on that team, what I said about that game is the, the, the important thing you always got to keep in mind, right, is, 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 yeah, they didn't have James Harden during that game, right? But there's only so much difference, right? There's a level where 
this was a close game. That was a close game, right? So this person, whoever they had playing those James Harden minutes could one, be a better defender. So maybe he takes some points off, off. He may take some scoring and playmaking off the court, but bring some defense to the court. And there's a certain level where the seesaw stops to flip. You know what I mean? Where you hit a certain axis on the grid where shit evens out. You know what I mean? Not to say that that means where it evens out in basketball specifically because you may have too much talent and there's only one basketball. There's only, there's a finite number of possessions. Just because you have three of the best offensive players in the NBA doesn't give you infinite possessions. It means that in the finite, those finite number of possessions you do have, these three guys are going to maximize the scoring potential possibly. But even that is hits a point where it no longer really goes up because only one person is going to handle or play, make or pass or shoot at a time. And no one is going to shoot hundred percent. So there is a level where it no longer really makes a difference. Right. And I'm not saying that that's the truth from that, that, that last Milwaukee Brooklyn game, but I am saying that it's something to consider when you're looking at this. The other thing is, is while the, the Nets arguably have the three, three, the best, big three in this series you could argue the bucks have the most complete big three in this series and that's three players that are as good defensively as they are offensively you know what i mean and their defense against miami looks suffocating it looked great we're gonna see what's gonna happen against brooklyn you know we're gonna see what's gonna happen i am scared of milwaukee and i think if we played milwaukee in the conference final i just take my glasses off, my fan glasses off for one second here. I'm going to take the rose colored, the, the, the blue, the red, white, and blue colored shades off my face real quick here. We are the least complete team. You know what I mean? In the East right now. It, it, not, not in the East, I'm sorry, but out of the elite teams, I don't think we're complete enough. We have glaring issues. You know what I mean? Where we have a lot of positives. The positives come with glaring issues. One of the glaring issues, Joel, MVP candidate, but often injured. Ben, maybe is a defensive player of the year candidate, takes a lot off the court offense. Toby can score at times, can't score. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our, 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 our positives come with negatives that are really can, can be that against a good team are going to be way too steep to overcome, in my opinion. You know what I mean? I'm obviously rooting for Philadelphia, but I am nervous when I look at Milwaukee and I look at Brooklyn. I think they're better teams. You know, I think they're better teams. Um, so we'll see what's going to happen. That's going to be a bloodbath. Um, I'm, that, you know, that's much that's must watch TV. That game, game one is on 6-5. So that's uh, Saturday. Our game one is Sunday. And that's huge for us. You know what I mean? That's huge for us. That is big time for us. That's plenty of rest, hopefully. Uh, maybe Joe is back for game one. Maybe not. You know what I mean? But it's plenty of time to give us rest, see how he comes back, see what happens. Um, and let's see what happens. It's been a really fascinating playoffs. You know, some of these series haven't been fascinating. The East routinely the east is goes this way to be clear routinely the east is not a bloodbath routinely the west is a bloodbath um so we'll see what happens everyone you know the drill wash your face well yeah wash your face too though yeah yeah get this shit off your face wash your hands uh wear a mask if you're not vaccinated obviously you don't have to anymore get vaccinated though black lives matter arrest the cops who kill brianna taylor stop asian hate um that's it take care yo uh 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 yeah Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind. You can come in.